Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you. Working with training pros, we are broadcasting live from Satellite Studios in Chicago, Illinois, part of a whirlwind excursion uh, for the last five or six weeks, I think, right, Lee? Yeah, seeing the world, thanks to training pros. Excited about this. Well, I've been excited about uh, this very first segment because we've had a chance to visit with this guest for a little while before we've come on air. I think you're in for a real treat. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast Vice President of Corporate Training with IRI, Miss Asfa Malik. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So how do Thanks you, for having me. How do you do with the name? Like 70%? 80%? Oh, I would say 20% of the time people get my name right, depending on That's their it? own ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, IRI, can you share a little bit about what you guys do for folks? So we've been around for about 35, 40 years now, and we are a company that helps our clients grow their business by understanding who's buying what. And we specialize in the consumer packaged goods industry. Mm -hmm. So if you go into a grocery store, it's primarily the products that you see on the shelf. Right. And initially, way back when, it was about relationships. It was about, I know a store manager, I have a product, please put it on your shelf. Oh, really? Is that true? Absolutely. It was based on handshakes and not necessarily data or science and understanding uh-huh. what do people want and what do people buy. Mm-hmm. And so we were born from that need. And what we do is we help people understand what's selling on the shelf. Who's buying it? How much are they buying it? What's the assortment? Do they need more flavors? Where should I put it? On the second shelf, on the third shelf? Should it be in the beginning of the store or in the middle of the store? A lot of decisions that need to go into where I'm going to put my product when I'm going into Jewel. Now, is this something that when you're working with a client that is eye-opening to them? Or is it something that is um, just nowadays, this is how it's done now? Like that there's research around everything? They are now accustomed to knowing that there is data behind every decision that we need to make. Because historically, it was gut feeling, right? It was. Like it, it should be blue, not <laughs> yellow, right? Absolutely. What happened to pink toilet paper? <laughs> there was, I haven't seen was pink toilet something? paper. There was pink toilet paper. <laughs> I even remember having it in our house way back when. But today, you see white. And there's the science behind that as well, where they were saying that the colors could cause, you know, different infections and diseases. And people just wanted to go with more of a natural mm-hmm. toilet paper. So now, um, your role in corporate training was influenced by the fact that you weren't always in corporate training. Is that correct? You've been with this company for a little bit, huh? I've been with IRI for 22 years. I got out of school and I joined this company and it was probably one of the best decisions I made. I graduated from the University of Wisconsin, the School of Business with a marketing and market research degree. And... I was looking for a job in the marketing or market research area. Right, and IRI, makes sense. <laughs> IRI was exactly it. And they had research in their name, so this is all Absolutely. making sense, right? And there were only two of them out there at the time. It was us and another competitor. And when I joined IRI, I started in our ops organization, so I really understood how our data was calculated and how it was placed into these different databases. Mm-hmm. And then working with our retailers, working with our smaller manufacturers, I moved into more of a sales role 
and helping our an insights role where we were helping our clients understand what is happening at the store. Mm-hmm. And if you think about data, data today is about what happened yesterday or last week. Right. It, it's the past. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And now the trend is, tell me what's going to happen, happen in next. the future. <laughs> right. So it's a matter of understanding, based on what happened in the past, based on other experiences, mm-hmm. how can we make sure that we help our clients make the best decision for tomorrow and next month? And because that is the mantra, right? Growth delivered. Absolutely. It's about delivering growth for our clients. It's about helping our clients better understand uh, how can they grow their business. That's from a client or external perspective. Mm -hmm. I personally, for the last 10 years, have been in a corporate training role where I focus on our employees. Right. And when I think of growth delivered, I think of it more as how do we get our employees to grow? Grow their knowledge. So, base. like personally, as personally well as personally grow, as well as professionally, so mm-hmm. that when we go to our clients, we're going with a larger mindset. We're going in with a mindset that is thinking about how are we going to help our clients. And I'm the person. I have to be that expert. I've got to be that consultant. I've got to be the one who understands what the data is saying, and I've got to be the one that makes the recommendations. If I don't have that credibility and if I don't have that knowledge base, no one's going to listen to my decisions or my recommendations. Now, don't you find that it's, um, I mean, that's kind of innovative that your company would allow a person that doesn't have a kind of a strict training background be kind of in, in charge of training, right? Was it innovative or was it desperate? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good combination. I think it was, it was a, good a combination. <laughs> it was it the was short straw? Is that what happened? But no, don't you think she has ultimate street cred when she walks in, I mean, right? I think I do, but we'll right? see. <laughs> well, you've been at it for a while. They I've must like what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. And you know, uh, part of it was I was the last woman standing <laughs> with a shrinking budget. That was part of it. But I like to think that it was because of uh, my experience and understanding of of not only what our needs are for our employees, but also our needs are uh, needs of our clients and being able to mesh that together. But what a moving target that must be, right? Uh, the needs, right? Uh, the needs they perceive, and then helping an individual uh, accurately, to some degree, identify what they really need to grow personally and professionally. Because I got to tell you, some of us aren't all that great at calling our own shots, right? Absolutely, and that's why the training function falls within our human resources organization. And we look to our partners in HR to help understand what are some of the skills that are required for a role and for a job. So what we've done is we've built training programs around the competencies of uh, what we expect our employees to have. So, for example, analytical skills. Right. We need to that's know. That's a must-have, right? That that's is not an absolute that's must. That's not negotiable, <laughs> right? Even though they're charming and, and friendly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, like, if I think of my role, my need and my skill set for analytical skills is going to be very different than someone who's sitting in the, in the client's office day-to-day, right. helping them make those daily decisions. And so based off of the role that person plays, the analytical skills are going to be different. Mm-hmm. And today, I don't need to know how to pull the data from our software. Thank God. <laughs> However, our employees do. Right. And our employees need to be able to access the data so they have a component of technology. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have that. No one on my team really would right. have that. But it's a matter of matching the competencies with the programs. And so we have to have a very strong line to our business leaders to make sure that we understand what are the skills that you need and what are the skills uh, the client needs for the people that are going to be sitting on site there. We have a lot of employees that sit on site at clients. 
Now, has the training changed much over the years that you've been there? Oh, absolutely. When I started 10 years ago, there were probably 15 people in the training organization. And for how big was the company? Uh, at that time, we were around 1,200 employees. Today, we're 4,500 employees mm -hmm. globally. And in the U.S. alone, we're around 1,800. My focus initially was U.S., and then we've broadened that because uh, over the last two years, our company has doubled our global footprint. And because of that, we have a, a desperate need to get base level of knowledge across the organization, no matter where you sit in the IRM. Right, world. there has to be some consistency, right? Absolutely. So there has to be a consistent program. And then, so there's the global part, and then there's the local part. Mm -hmm. Culturally, you know, it's going to be very different in Spain than it is even in Germany versus right. the U.S. So we've got to be able to have a local component to that. We don't have any training departments outside of the U.S. So they really do look to wow. us to help them. And right now what we're trying to work through is how do we build that global foundation mm -hmm. that everyone, no matter where you sit in the IRI world, you have that base foundation. And then on top of that, what do we do for you locally? And we look to our HR partners, and they'll look to us. I would to analyze the out. data. I think the data is important. <laughs> it's very important. It is our bread and butter. Exactly. So, do you? How do you leverage the data in those kind of circumstances in order to deliver the training that they need in all those uh, faraway places? Well. Everything that we teach is around the data. Mm -hmm. So even if we're talking about being more consultative, we've got to understand what the data means. I'll use a simple example of distribution. Distribution okay. is getting a product so that a consumer can buy it. Sure. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in Spain or if you're sitting in the U.S. or if you're sitting right. in Canada, right? A consumer or a shopper is looking for those products. Right. It's our client's responsibility along with the retailers to get the right products in the right place to at, the right people at the right time at right. the right mm -hmm. time absolutely so no matter what content we're teaching it does come down to the data and we weave that through role plays through case studies all of that all of the examples that we use are real examples that we have experienced and your best practices to share right absolutely. isn't that probably one of your biggest value components to your client is you have best practice to share absolutely so we're always looking for success stories mm -hmm. and it's almost a way for us to justify the need of the training programs that we put together right and success rates we don't we can't tie i'd love to be able to tie an increase in revenue at a client back to the training class that they took <laughs> last month however that's yeah. not always possible right and so we're always looking for anecdotes. We're always looking for examples of how people have taken the content from the training and applied it to the client and then getting feedback from the client. How did the client like the way that we presented? Was my story relevant? Do we provide provocative insights and recommendations? Are they acting on those mm -hmm. recommendations? And those are all the things that we look for when we're looking to justify the success of our training. Classes. So the stories are an important component. Absolutely. That's why having the experience of being in our employees' shoes is very important. Right, because you've been there, done that, so you kind of have an appreciation of kind of the pain points they're going through so you can help teach the next person how to deliver Absolutely. the result that the client needs. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you um, kind of the storytelling, I guess, happens after the fact how do you teach kind of some of these softer skills like active listening or kind of the empathy 
in order to um, get the result that the client needs. So when I think about the progression that a person goes through in terms of joining the company, even if you are newer to a role and you've been here for a while, you've got to start with the data part. So we build we build upon previous learning. So you've got to know that basic skill set and understanding what the data means, how to use it, how to make those actionable recommendations. When you build on top of that, there's a presentation skill. Right. Right. Our data, as much as I would love to think that it's sexy and, <laughs> and, and exciting. That's exactly how I was going to describe it. <laughs> I'm sure the analysts it's think not. that. <laughs> the analysts do. However, it, you know, if you're talking to a salesperson, right. with, you know, the attention span, that's a lot less than someone who really wants to dig into the Why data. Why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're asking me. <laughs> and so what we want to be able to do is understand our audience and to me that's that and is communicate a major, in a way that they can hear it not just you saying it absolutely right? and it has to be delivered in a compelling way mm -hmm. people react more to stories than they do to data to facts do you have data to support that <laughs> I, <laughs> I bet do, you actually. do i bet you do <laughs> so do you hang out do you find yourself and your team hanging out with trainer type people from other organizations so that you can pick up on best practices and share war stories and uh, get together and lick any wounds. Yeah. You'd be surprised. We don't spend that much time really? with other trainers. We spend more time with our business people. Uh, our okay. trainers, um, I have two trainers that are on my team and they sit with our employees. We don't have a separate little training room where we all sit just The trainer's together. lounge. <laughs> There's no tra well, we do have a lounge, but it's more for our participants than it is okay. for anyone else. But we spend more time with the business than we do with anyone else mm -hmm. because that's our audience, and that's where we learn from, and that's where we understand what are their needs. Yeah, makes sense. Right. It's not so, so much inward focus. You're focused on helping. Absolutely. You, it's not about us. Exactly. I'd love it for <laughs> it to be about us, but it's not. It's about them. Right. So now um, your team is relatively small, right? But you serve lots of people. We have a very tiny team. So 10 years ago, we were at 12. Uh, about five, six years ago, we were at one, which is me. And then we were able to justify building. I was relying a lot on electronics. So uh -huh. we had e-learning. We had podcasts, you know, videos. Those were all the things that I was relying on. And then, of course, anything that I could do. Right. And we were able, we were bought by a company, uh, a, a private equity company, a few years ago. And when they learned that we've got 2,000 employees and we have one trainer, <laughs> they actually gave us the budget right. to be able to build out a, 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 a training team. And my team now consists of two trainers that focus primarily on getting our employees knowledgeable, everything from the data and understanding what it all means to delivering a compelling story. So we run the gamut in terms of the programs that we teach. I focus more on a more consultative and leadership type training where we're trying to change the mindset of our employees. So when we go to market and we're talking to our clients, we're talking to them in their language and we're talking to them based on what their needs are, not necessarily what our needs are. Right. And there's a little bit of a mindset change that goes with that. And so we've been focusing on that. It's a global class that we started offering about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And it's about questioning and having a structure to the conversation that I want to have with you. Preparing, anticipating questions, thinking about what are some of the things that I really believe our client needs to do mm -hmm. and going in there and helping them understand what the real situation is, 
understanding what their opportunities are in terms of if you were to do this, you could grow your revenue by 10%, which is about $25 million. Understanding what's stopping them. What are their limitations? Why aren't they working on this? Why aren't they doing this? And the limitations might be not just what's happening in the marketplace. It might be their own personal limitations, right? So it's kind of a 360 kind of view. We always hear budget. I don't have the budget. I don't have the time. I don't have the resources. Those are the obvious answers. But we never say, I'm afraid of change. (laughs) Uh, No one leads with that, right? (laughs) Exactly. And it's a matter of understanding, are they truly afraid of that? And how can we help them overcome it? Is it a matter of me being with them step by step? Is it a matter of me helping them secure the budget and going and speaking to senior leaders? Mm -hmm. It it could be uh, any of those things. But really helping ourselves understand what is stopping them because there's always a reason why we don't do something and sometimes i'm going to tell you and sometimes i'm just going to hide it and now it's a matter of figuring out what are you trying to hide and then you're you're doing that here in uh chicago or you're traveling out to all these different we travel everywhere so you're going all over the world i'm going all over the Mm -hmm. world and in fact i feel like i'm going to be around the world in june (laughs) uh we do this in the united states when we do it we do it here in chicago and we do Is it, it in person or is this like kind of a in-person class. broadcasting this? I wish <laughs> that would make my job a little bit easier. Right. Uh, although I wouldn't get as many miles. <laughs> However, uh, we are traveling to our local countries. So in June, I'll be going to Paris and then we'll be going to uh, Madrid and then Dusseldorf and Lisbon as well as London mm-hmm. and then come back for a few weeks and then I get to go Do back to Sydney <laughs> right. and Cape Town and it sounds really glamorous <laughs> I know however um, it's not that glamorous no, it's believe not. me when you're training for 30 days in a row it's very tough on the feet and it's very tough on your voice and your brain absolutely <laughs> After three days, three straight days of training, my mother can't even recognize my voice when I call her. So that's not a good sign. <laughs> so now how, as, you, as a learning leader, how have you seen yourself change? Or is it hard to look at yourself? Um, I think I've changed tremendously. In fact, I see a night and day difference between um, when I think about 10 years ago versus today. 10 years ago, it was pretty strict. I've got a script to follow. These are the classes and these are the things that I need to be able to say. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't as much flexibility. In fact, there wasn't a need for that much flexibility. At that time, you did go to a class. There was no online training. You went to a class, you listened to someone for eight hours, and then you left. Today, and then you had that manual, right, that you got to keep on the shelf absolutely. that you never opened again. After oh, my you God. I still have manuals from 20 years ago <laughs> right? when I started. We that was definitely the way of the world back then, and, it and was they accepted. checked, and the and the trainer checked off a box like I had forty people in the class today, Absolutely. you know, and then and he's high fiving his boss. Absolutely, and it was forty people have that skill now. Well, <laughs> I maybe think not in, so much. Yeah, you know, you go to a class and you might learn a few things, you might pick up on a couple of things, but really retention after a two day class is probably more, anything like ten to twenty percent. Right. So you're not walking away being an expert in whatever we just taught you. Right. There's an element of practicing. There's an element of getting feedback. There's an element of even making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's how we learn. In a safe environment, in right? In a safe environment. Today, you have to be very flexible. And so if I think about myself 10 years ago versus myself today, we are constantly brainstorming and thinking of different ways of delivering the same content. Mm-hmm. Whether it's taking an eight-hour class and breaking it up into 
four two-hour chunks because mm-hmm. I know that our employees, they don't have eight hours to dedicate. In a I, row. In right. a row, exactly. <laughs> and on top of that, you know, they're constantly checking their phone to see what emails am I missing. Right, because there's some fire to put, put out somewhere. Absolutely. Now, I do have a reputation at IRI where I don't really <laughs> like a lot of cell phones in my classes. <laughs> But I understand where it comes from and I understand the need for it. So based off of that, how do I get the point across? How do I get the skill that you need into you without burdening you and having you get on a plane and losing three days out of the office? So we're constantly looking at ways, whether it's delivering podcasts or videos or recording a webinar and posting it on our learning management system. There's a variety of things that we can do, and we're always looking for ways to improve. Right, and you want to help them in the way that they want to be helped, and you want them to be compliant and to retain the information. Absolutely. And to go back to it if they need kind of a refresher. Absolutely, because it's about them. Right. I know it already. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to know it. And how do I help you know it? And some of it is coaching and some of it is just getting feedback. And um, our employees know that if they ever want to reach out to me and say, hey, can you take a look at this deck? They know that I'm going to take a look at that deck and I'm going to give them some feedback. Now, how do you know you're doing a good job? Well, that's a really great Mm -hmm. question. I like to think that I'm doing a really great job, but, you know, my opinion might be different than the other 500 people. And so what I do is I look at the fact that we've got people five years ago, I'll give you an example. We have a a training program that we do that is one week. So I'm taking you out of the business for a week. And about 2006, 2007, we had a lot of our leaders say, I can't let them go for a week. And so we saw that the number of people attending that class was dwindling. Right. I used to have to wait six months to fill a class. Now, if I did it every month, I would still have a, a double the size class. Wow, that's great. And so what I did was I practiced tough love. And I said, okay, so if you can't afford to send your people, I, I won't put the program on. So I stopped doing the program for about a year. <laughs> um, the number of emails and the number of phone calls that I got from Where's our that program saying, we used to have? <laughs> I want the academy back. I want our people in what, there. What is it called? It's called the academy. the academy. It's a new hire academy, and anyone who's been here for less than 90 days is invited right. automatically, no matter what your role is. And so when I took it away, I had a lot of people come back and say, oh, our people, they don't know as much. We, sh- we need to have the academy. Right. I said, okay. So when I get enough emails mm-hmm. to justify uh, it, I'm going to bring it back. And, and you bring now, a stack of emails and go, look. Absolutely. And that's how I was able to justify getting their people out of the business and out of the field for a whole week and bring them to Chicago. Mm -hmm. So in two weeks, I have 50 people coming that have been hired over the last, uh, actually 80 days, Mm -hmm. 90 days. And they're coming in and we're going to, I get them for a whole week. I get to do whatever I Mm -hmm. want with them, but I make sure that whatever we do, it's going to give them the grounding that they need so that they can go back and be successful. Successful. Right. And it kind of indoctrinates them into the culture so they can see that you mean what you say and the company really is trying to deliver growth for their clients. Right. Because we're investing in our employees Mm -hmm. like this. So imagine what we how good we are with our clients. Absolutely. I think one of the other things that we as a company uh, have to overcome in this is training is always the best response to, to being able to overcome this is the fact that we have a million islands across the United States. We have people that are sitting alone in Orville, Ohio. 
we have, and, and they don't feel a connection to IRI, they feel a connection more to their client. Mm-hmm. And having them come in, and 50 people sitting in a room for a whole week, you make a lot of friends. Right. And it builds a network, and building that network. And a community. Network, a, a community, absolutely. And being able to, to go away knowing that I've got 50 new friends, that I can call up and ask a right. question. Or Where I might not help. be comfortable asking you know, somebody else, this is somebody we were in the trenches together. Absolutely. Right? And it's an all hands on deck as far as my department. So our whole department participates and we've got a variety of leaders. So not only are they meeting their colleagues, but they're meeting leaders within the organization. Now, how do you um, align what you're trying to do with the company's overarching strategy? Like how do you have a seat at that table so that you're kind of integrating the training and so that the learning goes down and it also is achieving the company's overarching goals? Yes, we have to have a very, very close relationship with the organization. I work for a woman who is the global HR head, and she is a direct report of our CEO. Mm-hmm. And what's great about that is that we are constantly in the know of what's going on at the company at that corporate senior mm-hmm. level. And based off of that, knowing what's coming down the pike. Also, being with the company for 22 years, you make a lot of friends. <laughs> you know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm lucky in that I have built those relationships where I can on easily just go into anyone's office and just say, hey, what are the 10 things that you need to be doing this year? What are the three things? And, and how can I help you achieve those? And how those can I help you? Right? Absolutely. Because you're an asset to them. You're helping them achieve their goals. So right. then they should have an open door to you, right? And usually they do. Uh, I have people streaming in and out of my office <laughs> almost on a daily basis, which I absolutely love. And then so they could be coming to you with a challenge that they don't know what to do with and mm-hmm. they want your input on how to kind of get more out of the employee or to solve some something that's going on. It can be from a macro level where uh, we need. So, for example, uh, right now we're working on media training. We are a POS point of sale business, so we really we really know what happened last week, right? And we really know the sales and the distribution and the promotions and the pricing, but where we've never really been is on the media side of the business, understanding the the advertising side, understanding radio and print. We've always left that to the advertising agencies right. to work with. They use our data, right? But why can't we? And so we have um, a. a a strong push with a media uh, function. So we've created a center of excellence called the Media Center of Excellence. <laughs> Very good. And we have people that are dedicated to that. However, we have to rely on our client insights, our organization to really bring opportunities to the table and help bring those opportunities to light. Right. They need to know what's going on on the media side, a base level understanding of media. And we're working through building out a training for the entire organization. So that came about back in November where we realized, wow, our people don't know as much as they need to know. And because of that, they don't have the same confidence level that they would if they were talking about data in terms of point of sale. Because it's new, right. It's new, it's different, never experienced it before. And by the way, no one's ever trained me on it. And so what we want to be able to do is bring that base level of of knowledge to them so that they can feel confident, Mm -hmm. even having a baseline conversation. And so, again, that came out of a larger need. And then working with the president of the COE for media, we put together a program and now we're going to offer it to the organization. And then do you beta test that in a small way and then roll it out Mm -hmm. globally or how, how does that come about? Well... 
for a 90-minute webinar, we're not going to really beta test it because that'll double the expense. <laughs> <laughs> what we are going to be doing, though, is I work with subject matter experts. So I'm not a subject matter expert. In fact, I'm going to be a participant in that training myself. I don't know. You're, you're doing pretty good in here. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> and so because of that, what we want to be able to do is get those experts to, to buy off on whatever we're going to deliver to mm -hmm. the organization. And because it's such a base level, there's not a lot of piloting. Right. If I were going to do a pilot, it's something that's going to be a larger scale effort mm -hmm. and a larger expense. And we do do a lot of pilots. So tell us about this award, this recognition that you guys are gearing up to apply for. You, guys, you know you're the best of the best, but you're ready for the world to know it, right? <laughs> I would love to be recognized in front of the rest of the world for a lot of the things that my team uh, has, has done for and the accomplish. organization. I mean, you're very proud of a smaller team to yeah. um, serve 4,500 employees Absolutely. is impressive. Absolutely. So proud of the fact that we've got this tiny little team uh, with the little team many members. It is a little team. We're, <laughs> we're strong and we're mighty and we fight. And what I really love about our team is that it's because we don't have that background we're more entrepreneurial and we're very flexible and we're adaptable that we figure out ways that we're scrappy. Right, make it happen we're very scrappy and i'm extremely proud of the fact that we've been able to accomplish so much mm -hmm. with so little and so um uh, the atd has an award that they give out right the excellence in practice excellence in practice and there's a variety of awards that go out in fact our technology organization won it for 2015 mm -hmm. and we're really proud of them and what we're trying to do but is, you're a little competitive i'm a little competitive <laughs> kind of <Absolutely. notice> that. <laughs> and so what uh, we have a, a client value program which is a consultative uh, Pro, it's a program that helps people become more consultative mm -hmm. and changing the mindset of when we go in to talk to a client. We've done this globally. We've done this with our leaders. I help manage it, but it's our leaders that actually lead it. We have role plays. We have exercises. We've done it globally in that when we do it here in Chicago, the person sitting next to you could be from France. Could right, they be could be from anywhere in the world. anywhere right. in the world. And what we wanted to do was not only teach you something, but also build a network outside of the U.S., outside of just France, outside mm -hmm. of just Spain, and building a, a network across the pond. And so we're really proud of the fact that we've delivered about 14 of these sessions globally. The ratings that we get are tremendous. We have not gotten anything less than a 4.8 out of a 5.0 scale. And if you imagine employees having to go through three rigorous days of role plays, I would expect much lower scores. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's a very tough class, but at the same time, so beneficial. And the fact that we have very little theory and more practice mm -hmm. has really been the, the game changer, along with the person that's teaching me is my leader, right. is a leader of a country. And I'm learning from their experience. They're coaching me. They're giving me feedback. And I'm getting feedback from a leader as well as my peers and my colleagues. So now uh, going through this process of applying is a, it's not, you don't it's just fill easy. out a, you know, one sheet of paper and you're done, right? There's this a long questionnaire. I've actually asked a person <laughs> on my team to dedicate some time right. to lead that effort. And um, they opened July 1st. And so we're going to be right on it on July 1st. Mm. And we're going to start filling that out and, and, you know, getting the support that we need from the rest of the organization to ensure that we get credit for some of right. these great programs. And then um, are you active with the ATD? I mean, is this something that's important in your career? 
I am not as active as I'd like to be. I am someone who uh, reads a lot. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on different websites to ensure that I am constantly staying abreast of what mm-hmm. uh, I need to be knowledgeable about. However, um, I'm making a commitment this year to spend a little bit more time with the industry. And it sounds like you think it's important that the ATD is having an award like this, and it's important enough to dedicate uh, time and personnel to applying for it. Absolutely. If you think about a training organization, we're non-revenue generating. So what that means for a company that is revenue generating is that when they're looking to cut budgets, you're usually looking at non-revenue generating teams and you're always looking for ways to justify your existence within an organization. Mm -hmm. If you really think about it, training organizations can easily be outsourced and we don't want that. We want to stay there, right? And so it's a matter of being recognized outside of the organization as well as inside. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for visiting with us this morning. This has been an absolute delight well thank you very much for having me so i want to make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with you or have a conversation with with you or someone on your team what's the best way for them to learn more about iri or or reach out to you guys so to learn more about iri you can go to our company website at uh, www.iriworldwide.com if you'd like to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn. In fact, I'm on LinkedIn every night. You want to reach out <laughs> to me? really on LinkedIn. Not just <laughs> Send me messages. She's not a dabbler. <laughs> Go ahead and try and connect with me. Uh, my last name is spelled Malik, M as in Mary, A-L-I-K, and I'm Asfa, and it's spelled A, S as in Sam, F as in Frank, A. Well, this has been a marvelous and uh, informed conversation. I want to do it again. I can tell, and you know, in, in a... space of maybe three months or so you're gonna have so much more to talk about and i think we're gonna start doing this on a more regular uh rhythm i'm getting a nod from the training pros uh, relationship manager over here when we come back through town i want to do this again absolutely just let me know when and where all right we will be back in a few from training pros chicago this has been a special business radio x production brought to you by training pros your source for local learning and development experts Learn more at training-pros.com.